0: All right, so you're just getting started and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm just gonna use Google Suite to manage my cash practice as I get going. Look, I did the same thing, and here's what I can tell you. When I finally had to switch over, it was a huge pain in my butt to try to move all the notes and all of the documentation that I had over to another platform so I could stay compliant. Do yourself a favor start with a platform that you can scale with that makes you look more credible when you're trying to book people on google calendars come on guys that's not what a real business does a real business has something that actually helps support it on the back end and it is branded to you it looks like your company check out pt everywhere if you're just getting started they're doing something really cool for cash practices and i really love this one of the features that they're doing if you're new they actually will charge you less as you're getting started and as you grow your membership, your actual dues each month for the platform, it goes up with your practice growing. So you can actually save money upfront if you're just getting started, but yet have a platform that you can grow into. I think it's amazing. It's the only company I know of that's doing that, and go figure, it's owned by a cash practice owner, which we love as well. So guys, head over to pteverywhere.com, check out what they're doing. If you're just getting started, I highly recommend you check them out. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us, who don't wanna see 30 patients a day, who don't wanna work home health, and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. What's up, guys? Danny Matei here with Eve Gigi in the PT Entrepreneur's Facebook group talking about imposter syndrome, like this is not something that I uh, even knew existed until I got into business for myself and realized I've been dealing with this in multiple different ways before that, even so, uh, coming out of school, you know, taking on like clinical roles where I was mentoring people, teaching. Uh, but uh, it's not something that that anybody talks about. Like did anybody tell you, like, hey, it's gonna be normal for you to feel like an imposter when you first get into the clinic? Like did you get anything like that from your 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 uh, professors?
1: No, not at all. I mean, you know, when I look back on how I felt starting a business, starting things clinically, starting PT school, kind of probably starting a lot of things in my life that were new, you know, like I just had this terrible feeling, like I was not supposed to be there and that this is all wrong. Right. And just like, I didn't know what to make of that. Right. It was just like, oh crap. Like, what do I do? And you kind of, you know, hopefully, you know, luckily I think I figured it out most of the time. It was just sheer persistence and stubbornness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So not necessarily something that's addressed a whole lot, but I think something that people have, uh, frequent issues with, you know, especially when we talk to business owners, newer business owners, it's funny. Cause you go through stages, newer business owners have imposter syndrome that like, why would people come to work with them? You know, wh- what if, like, what if they don't get better? Like all these things that we, we are sort of, we fixate on. What if they say no? What if they don't come back? Right? Like what if they write me a bad review? Then on the flip side of that, as you grow and you bring on staff, you have imposter syndrome of like, am I a good enough leader, or business owner for where somebody would want to work with me, you know, and, and be on uh, on our team and you sort of doubt yourself in that capacity. It's just so funny. I feel like every time you take uh, the next logical step into growing into a new role, it's very natural to have imposter syndrome, right? So uh, what we'd like to do today is go over some just, you know, applicable things that we do that, that you can do, um, to, to help with this. And, and really you have to deal with it. Like there's just no way around it unless you, unless you don't want to accomplish anything and never put yourself outside of a comfort zone. Um, if that's the case, then you're probably not listening to this to begin with, right? Uh, it probably have weeded you out by this point. But if you want to go outside of that, you have to really, you know, be able to um, effectively deal with that. And it was funny, because we were talking before this about the opposite of this, I, I think it's, is it the Dunning-Kruger effect is what it's called, correct? Correct. Which would uh, go ahead and give a brief explanation of, of, uh, of what that would be.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's more of like you, uh, like you said, it's the opposite. Like I think I am way, not smarter, but I'm way experienced. I know way more than I, than I actually do. Right. Like it's, it's this, um, overconfidence. It's usually I think of the guy who kind of clinically thinks he has every single thing figured out. He's like, no, I do this. I do that. And like, it works every single time. Like, right. nah, you know what I mean, probably not that, um, you know, uh, probably not correct. Like there's, yeah. there's a happy medium here.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I always think of the same thing, right. It's, uh, In the, in the military, I would see this a lot with, you know, it's, it's funny. You get, you get shoved into these, these leadership roles like very early. And, uh, you know, for me in the medical world, it's really not as, it's not as, um, stressful, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I mean, I came out of school and within, I guess, four months, five months, my boss, I was the only other active duty provider. that was an officer in our clinic and my boss um, at the time she was having her, her second kiddo and they had, she had complications. She was in the hospital for like months, uh, you know, w- with it on bed rest, and, uh, and then afterward, uh, you know, as well, it, I don't think she was back in the clinic for like six or seven months. So I just graduated and within three or four months, I was in charge of like 25 people in multiple clinics. And, um, I was like, Whoa, okay. Like I still am trying to figure out what I'm doing with people in the office and, I would see my friends that were like infantry officers and they would come out and all of a sudden they're in charge of this, like small group of, you know, maybe like 20 soldiers, uh, people that are my, my age or or rank, they would be in charge of like a hundred plus. Right. And there's this fine line between looking incompetent, being overconfident and knowing when to ask for help and knowing when to, uh, push forward. Right. So I think it's a really challenging mix to where, you know, you, you don't want to be so timid and unsure of yourself that nobody wants to follow you. You also don't want to be so overly confident that you literally, like no one wants to follow you because you might put them in a dangerous situation, uh, you know, in the military. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always found this, this fascinating in like the balance. And we can at least kind of talk a little bit about how, you know, we view it and what we found that, that is, uh, that is work. But, um, the, the biggest things that, that, you know, we want to get into with this are number one, if you feel like an imposter, it's pretty damn normal. Like, so don't feel weird about that. That's totally normal. I remember the like first person I ever saw on a clinical rotation, my first uh, clinical instructor, he would just leave me. Like I'd been in school for a year. Uh, we do an eight week rotation. I was at Fort Gordon uh, in Augusta uh, at the military hospital there. And he would just leave <laughs> nothing. He would just leave me there with somebody with like a shoulder problem or and he would come back and ask me how things went. And I was like, I don't know, man. I did this special test. I, do, I would do every special test I could think of. And then I would come up with this diagnosis. He would kind of laugh at me and then tell me what I should have done, right? So I guess like for many of us, maybe have similar experiences where we feel like somewhat what have, uh, an imposter, but we're learning and, and we're growing. But being able to deal with the fact that you don't know everything, but also that you're not necessarily, that you know more than maybe you think. Uh, it's weird. H- how do you deal with that with newer clinicians? Because I know you've had quite a few roll through the the your practice, you know, in the last few uh, few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, l- I love what you said. I'm actually going through some of this with my with my kids. Uh, it's interesting. Like huh. they're definitely all black and white. Like everything's either good or it's bad. It's either yeah. amazing or terrible, right? And this is definitely one of those many instances where this is all in the gray area, right? Like an analogy I was kind of uh, thinking about was like you've got kind of that person they maybe had a couple swimming lessons. You're like, I just need to throw you in the pool so you can just figure out that you can swim, right? Like there's a perfect one. Like, no, I'm not supposed to swim. I don't know enough yet. You throw them in, they swim fine. And then you've got that person kind of the opposite of what we're talking about is like that person who's like, you know uh, you see the other side of that lake. It's two miles. I guarantee you, I can swim from that side in the back easily. No problem. I've been swimming for years. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's the, it's the gray area, right? Like you're probably Um, a little better than you think. You're also probably a little bit uh, worse than you think. But, you know, what I've noticed, and this is talking specifically about clinical things, is I've had a lot of students in my years, and I really think that most of us in uh, the physical therapy profession typically are, I don't know what the right word, but we'll deal with something like imposter syndrome, right? We're not like typically the most confident, overzealous people, were usually a little more timid, usually a little bit more of like um, you know, take slower steps to get in. So I would typically have to throw them into the fire a little bit more, right? Like push them, you know, uh faster than I would maybe somebody else because that's usually what they needed, right? They were like, oh, I'm not ready for this yet. Right. It's it's definitely one of the biggest things that we see when we deal with other clinicians, like, oh, should I start my business or you know, clinically, I can't do my first eval like of course you can do your first, like, are you kidding me? It's not that hard. Like, let's just jump in and do it. And then you realize after four or five reps, right? Like, Oh, okay. I I do know what's going on. What I I have is valuable here. Like I can help somebody. And, uh, yeah, I think, well, the the kids thing is
0: interesting because I feel like my kids are the same way. Um, and you know, it's, but it's the conversation of confidence, you know, self-esteem I think is the, is the, greatest gift we can give our children, not, not arrogance, but self-esteem being, uh, confident in their ability to ask for help when they need it, but do the things that they're capable of, which is a really difficult thing to cultivate. You know, I think for some kids, maybe it's just a little more inherently part of them. Uh, it can be, you know, learned, uh, as well. And, uh, I, I, but I do find it fascinating when we start looking at these little humans and how their brains work and what they're willing and like the message has to be very simple in many cases in comparison. Um, but but yeah, learning how to deal with a child helps so much with learning how to deal with other adults too. I yeah. think it's it's just it's huge. And you know when we start looking at at this from a standpoint of people that are you know really in this world that are trying to move forward with something, I think the challenge is you have to deal with so many outside opinions of what you should or shouldn't be doing that you start to doubt yourself. And that is where it becomes really challenging. And, uh, and in my opinion, it, it can be a, a dangerous, slippery slope of, um, you know, your confidence that you have going into something. And then it's just gets questioned by somebody that maybe you value their opinion. And now your vision of what you want to do is completely thrown off, you know, and, and, uh, or, and in many cases, it could be somebody that, is very close to you, it could be family. I know, you know, for, for me, uh, and it, it wasn't like um, my family was like, you're not, this is a terrible idea. Don't, don't do this kind of thing, right? Um, but, you know, I was super calm. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be awesome. Like, people are is going to pay me. Like, I'm not going to take insurance. Uh, I, I'm going to find this little CrossFit gym, open it up, uh, and uh, it's going to work, right? I mean, I'll figure it out as I, as I go. And there's a lot of holes in that plan. Um, so right, so confidence uh, with reality uh, can 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 challenge you quite quite a bit. But uh, when you start realizing, like, oh man, there's all these things I don't know. And there's a big difference between realizing that you don't know things and being willing to learn them, and just not knowing that you don't know things uh, and, uh, and being okay with that and, and, and diving into things that, that maybe it gets a little bit sketchy. So, you know, the, the questioning side, I feel like this is where it's a bit challenging because a lot of people feel like they don't know enough or they feel, uh, vulnerable or they're an imposter, but at what point, you know, do you say, okay, well here, this is where you need to reflect on these things. Like, why do you feel this way? What can you do to improve your confidence and your conviction? Like, how do you typically deal with that with the people that you know are coming through your company or in your case, you're coaching most, uh, you know, more than any, than I am at this point within PT biz. How do you deal with that with people within PT biz? Cause it happens all the time with business owners that we work with.
1: It's, a uh, first of all, like what a rabbit hole to go down to, right? Like we think we just like went through six or seven different thoughts. Like this is a complex, uh, issue, um, totally. no doubt. So what, it varies. I'll tell you right now, person to person. So like my job as a coach and honestly what I've been focusing on, because like a hundred percent, I remember having this conversation with you when I started doing more coaching, I definitely had a version of imposters. Oh, and I remember I for probably, sure. You know, I probably still do to some respect. Right. But I definitely use that as something that drives me. Right. So I, I want to do it and I want to learn more and I know doing it and learning more is how I, how I can get rid of that. Right. So, but for, for the people that we t- technically like we work with on a regular basis, I would say most of them and it goes back to what I said before need that little push to be thrown into the water to realize that they can swim. Right? I would again say most of us have the skills, the knowledge, the uh the wherewithal and the sheer like um determination to get it done, right? They're just uh Um, they just have a lot of resistance. They have a lot of doubt. They have this self-talk that goes in their head. And it's my job, you know, to do that, uh, to either throw them in, be like, Hey, actually, and I've done this before, you just need to go hire this person. And you just have to trust me that it's going to be a good thing. Right. Or we've talked about this already too, is going back and reflecting on what they've done the past six months, all the work they've put in or all the actual, this is why I'm so big on metrics to actually see the data and be like, look, you can support this salary. Like, look, you have a business that's been around for a year and it's grown to six figures. Like what makes you think you can't do this? And and those are usually probably the two best tactics that I've seen and uh, work the most. They're like, oh man, like, you're right. Like I can do this. And then as soon as I can get that, I can do this. It goes from like, I can't to, I could. Right. And then I can goes to, Oh, I should do this. Like I have to do this in order to move forward. And that's when I got them. Like it's, you know, we're going.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, <clears throat> I love the, the quota uh, confidence without humility is arrogance. I had someone tell me that one time, not in a nice way. And I've never forgotten that. And I think that the, the interesting thing is for most people, uh, you know, they, there, there may be like, you can take that same equation. And if you're overly humble, this sort of like you, it, to where you're, you're, you're down on yourself all the time. And you, you start to, you know, second guess whether you can do this, your, your, uh, your confidence starts to lag. And that's a dangerous place to be for a business owner, because, the reality is we get turned down a lot. It's kind of like baseball. You know, I remember when I was playing baseball, or if you look at like professional baseball players, if you're like, if you don't get a hit seven out of 10 times, you're like one of the best players in MLB. Like you're making the all-star team, right? Like, so you fail significantly more than you, than you, than you win. And in business, it's kind of similar, especially early on, and especially for younger clinicians that are just getting started. The volume of people that are going to turn you down is pretty high. The volume of people that are going to sort of like rush you to the side and not really have time for you. And it's hard because you have no established business. You have no established connections in many cases, relationships. These, these are things that take time to cultivate and grow, and, and it's, it's challenging because um, the lack of patience in many cases that many of us you know, struggle with, it leads to people getting frustrated with themselves and feeling like it's not working, but they just haven't, they haven't given enough time for the right things to actually start to work and, and pay off. Um, you know, so I, I think that the, the, the challenge for most people is they don't realize just how many times they're going to fail. Um, I mean, I, I know, I'd love to kind of hear for you, you know, whenever you got started was it as like, Hey, I just post up, everything's going to work out well. Or like, were there, are there people in Charleston that want nothing to do with you?
1: Um, uh, pro- I mean, definitely. For sure. I guarantee <laughs> you know, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I definitely, uh, can speak to multiple people, patients, even like referral sources where I just didn't handle it very well. Right. Like, uh, where I've had certain conversations, you know, will there be sales conversations or people actually in my door, um, where, yeah, I mean, I failed miserably, uh, I think quite a bit, especially in the beginning, cause I was very similar to you, you know, like I definitely, we talked about this before, but like, I definitely got coaching. I wanted to make sure it was right. But after that, I was like, cool, it's Danny can do it. So can I. So just bam, just went forward and, uh, you know, uh, didn't sell packages, had barely a sales process, you know, um, you know, didn't have any systems in place, you know, like all of it was, um kind of a shit show to be perfectly honest. And and the thing, you know, to, to circle back what you said, like all of us have some version of doubt. And I do think that's a good thing, right? Like uh, right. taking a step back and doubting yourself is, is not necessarily bad for me. It's does a great job of slowing me down sometimes. And I think that's a good thing where it becomes a bad thing. And this is where I think a lot of people get hung up is when it literally stops you dead in your tracks. Right. And that's what we see so much of, like, right you know, like I doubt myself, I can't do this. I'm an imposter, right? I'm a fraud. This isn't going to work. And then progress stops, right? Implementation stops. Forward progress completely shuts down or goes to a crawl. And that is where I think it, it becomes a real issue. Like you said, the slippery slope, and then it just, you know, uh, it's tough to turn around sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, and, you know, the I, I hear it sometimes and maybe some of you that are watching this or listening to this, um, this may have happened to you, but, but, um, you know, I've, I had a couple of people in our, uh, mastermind recently vox me. They're just frustrated with like, um, people not necessarily wanting to connect with them. Um, poor attendance to something like a, like a workshop or a virtual workshop. And, you know, and, and, uh, I kind of laugh a little bit cause I think back, You know, like the first workshop I did, I had one person show up, like I had one person and I've had plenty of workshops that I've set up where zero people showed up, nobody. And, and and the owner and the gym owner, where I was going, didn't even tell me until I got there, we could have just canceled it. I would have saved a a trip driving somewhere, uh, but didn't even let me know because they're busy enough doing their own thing. Right. So I kind of forget about that stuff because it was so long ago. It's not likely that that's happening anymore but it definitely happened a lot early on and there's nothing comfortable about a drive home by yourself for 30 minutes after driving to a gym where you were supposed to have a workshop that was supposed to help grow new patient volume for your practice and nobody showed up and then you know you have to drive home and tell your your spouse that that's what happened and it's embarrassing and it sucks and it's uh it, there, there's nothing there's nothing that feels good about that but i think that you know for those of you that are going through this right now, um, which, you know, if if you're just starting most, the most likely it's going to have some variation of this, maybe not quite as bad or as good, but you know, the, the thing that, that, that I found, and we'll go over sort of like how we structure our day to help deal with this, um, is to always sort of have this reference point. Some people call it the North star, um, it, I, I, I think about like when I learned land navigation, which I'm terrible at, by the way, uh, i get lost in like a paper bag, but they're like, okay, <laughs> the, your azimuth is the direction you're going. So on a compass, you're shooting this like imaginary line, essentially of where you're trying to go. Um, and for me, I always think of like, okay, well, what's my azimuth? Like, what am I aiming for? So that I can you know, handle these bumps in the road much, much better. So one thing that we um, that we have people do And is a a core tenant of our uh, clinical Rainmaker program is actually the development of a vision statement. So understanding conviction is cultivated via time and repetition and knowing what you're working towards. You know, the amount of conviction that we have in sales conversations with people about working with their business and the reason we can have so much conviction is because we have a lot of reps and a lot of data and a lot of positive outcomes. Or is it hundred percent? No, is it vast majority of people make a, a big change? Yes. So the way that we can speak to that is from experience and conviction comes from that. So how do you gain conviction with lack of experience? This is where it becomes challenging. So when you're you're new and you're just getting started, you may know you're a good clinician, but maybe people haven't said yes to working with you and actually paying to do so. So you doubt that and and, and you have imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is crushed by conviction. Conviction comes from focusing on the right things and your daily habits and gaining reps. And the more you focus on the right things, in your daily habits, the faster you're going to accumulate reps and you're going to build that real life callous, that, that, that toughness that's going to have to happen from these interactions that may not always be positive. So in a roundabout way, uh, sometimes you can't get more of those reps early on as fast as you would like, but you can always focus on your habits. And this is something that I do every single morning. And Eve's going to kind of talk about what he does in, in the evening. But, um, let me, I think I can do this without breaking, the, uh, the, the world of Facebook. I'm going to share my screen real quick. See, this works, dude. I'm really interested. Oh, look at that. You look, you look, uh, wasted dude. Can you see that? Whoa, man. What'd you, what'd you do? <laughs> Midday. It's a little too early for that. Okay, cool. So this is my vision. Um, uh, a statement framework. So like, basically for me, and, and I'll walk you through a little bit of this, but basically a vision statement is in paragraph form, writing out what you want in, in life, what that looks like, not now, but what it looks like going forward. You know, so for me, I talk about my kids, I talk about being well-respected as a clinician and entrepreneur, you know, helping other people grow practices, working with nonprofits and, and helping, you know, with our time and our, and our resources, how much money we want to generate. So for me, it's simple. We want to have a $10 million company. And I, I read this every single morning, $10 million gross revenue company. And that may sound crazy to people. They're like, oh, that's a huge company. It's like, I, I know people that have 50 to hundred million dollar juice companies. Like it's not, it's not. And, and it, it just, it's just a reference point, right? So it's, it, it doesn't mean much besides what we can then help more people with. So being able to focus on time efficiency, helping other people understand financial and time freedom and teaching them the, the skills with, you know, with uh, Ashley and, and our, um, you know, our kids. And, and from there, we like to have pictures, right? So like, for me, I have a picture of uh, uh, my family, this is our house. Um, You know, and and the reason that we put that up is because if you'd asked me seven years ago, if we were going to be living in a house like this, I would say no chance, you know, and now it's, it's remembering that because it becomes familiar. It, It starts to be, it's just like a house now, right? It's like, we forget that this is a house that we never thought we would have been uh, that we would have lived in, but it's it's reminding myself of that, uh, and then also <clears throat> the things that are important. This for me is a special place is Waimea Bay, so this is the uh, North Shore of Hawaii. Some of you maybe you've been there. Um, Ashley, nice favorite place. We jump off this rock right here. We go paddle boarding. You know, there's some some great like little food trucks. Get a get a burrito. Take a nap on the beach, and just like one of my favorite places in the world. And I think about that because for me, it just, it, it reminds me of the fact that I wanna generate time freedom enough to visit this place whenever I want. Like that's basically, you know, one of the big drivers for, for me. So I like to visually remind myself of what I'm focusing on, why, and who's important. And then for me, I have these must do. So, you know, I I like to put exercise in here, spending time with my kids, like go on a bike ride with my kids whenever they ask is a big one for me. You know, sauna with Ashley five times a week for 30 minutes. We're big on that. It's isolated time. Um, You know, take my dog on a run three days a week, produce two two podcasts for the profession every single week. These are like must do's for me. And then I have these simple call them affirmations I think of them like bullet points or statements of things that are important to me. Um, you know, so something like, you know, be the man and, uh, your children and your spouse deserve. Like I think about that decisions that I make, like every, every single morning, I think about that. Something as simple as good. Right. So let's throw a little Jocko Willink in there. Like every single morning I, as a problem, good. Like it's, you know, if, if you yeah. follow Jocko, you know what I'm talking about. I find that, you know, motivating, um, you know, and, and some of these are, are, uh, things that, that I sort of co- have come up with. Many of these are things that are, are other people, um, you know, are, are, are quoted in, in saying, you know, and, and, uh, something that's like as simple as, you know, as you think, so you become, your thoughts are incredibly po- powerful. And, and for me, every morning, I check in with this and it's part of my morning routine. So I wake up, I make a cup of coffee, I sit down, my my dog sits in the corner of the front room in another chair, staring at me. While I drink my coffee, I read my vision statement then I take him on a little walk after I'm done with that. And then I get into, typically I'm, I'm working out um, in, in the morning and doing some movement based stuff. So during that time on the walk, I'm reflecting, I'm thinking about what I want to do that day. I think about, you know, what I'm grateful for. I'm getting moving. I'm getting into my day. I'm very, I try to be protective of this time because it sets my day in such a good place. But this habit right here, um, it, it directly helps me deal with the ups and downs that we see In uh, entrepreneurship, which can be so frustrating and stressful. And the the more that I do, I've started doing this. The the more consistent I am with this, the better I am the rest of the day with everybody else that I deal with, both handling positives and negatives, and staying very, um, I I call it, uh, uh, you know, agnostic, you know, or or, uh, emotion, you know, emotional control without being emotionless. That's the challenge, right? How do you control your emotions without being a robot? And that's what I try to focus on during this morning routine. So if you're struggling and you don't know what you should do uh, or why you're doing it, you have to start there. You have to get very clear on what, why did you decide to do this in the first place? This is not the easy path. This is very challenging. Um, Who's it for? What are your core tenants? why Why are you doing it? And if you can constantly come back to that North star or that azimuth, you're going to realize like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. And it's just a lesson that I'm learning. It's a, it's a step, you're, you're essentially falling forward. I think of it when I have, when I fail, i'm I'm stumbling, but at least I'm stumbling forward to the next thing that I'm gonna to need to do to then get up and move forward uh, and and make progress. So anything you want to add with that?
1: No, man, you hit it. that's I mean it's it's powerful stuff, right? like you know for for those of you who maybe just recently got exposed to this because you you can tell you've been doing something like that I, I can tell for years and you've refined it uh, to really, really serve you best and really have solidified those those ideas to the T. And for me, you know, I think a lot of us just need to, and it's the Simon Sinek thing. I definitely recommend the book. It starts with why, right? Like you just need to go. And we've talked about this in the sales process too. And I think it's very good from a self-reflection standpoint is go five whys deep right? Like we have this in the goals course that we do as well, yeah. right? Like we definitely continue. I mean, Tim Wu's thing was, was so powerful that, you know, if you didn't see that definitely go into the units and check it out, but you know, you can tell without us directly talking about it all the time, you know, we hundred percent are advocating for this idea of like time, freedom, purpose, right? Impact. It's not purely uh, revenue, right? And I really think that's, um, in some ways unique. You just don't see that a ton,
0: right? I don't think money is that when you don't have any money, money is a very strong driver. Like it's the fear of being broke or the fear of being in debt and trying to get out of that. But at a certain point, if money is all you have as a motivator, it's not going to be enough. Like, because it's, because there's never going to be a number you hit. That's going to, there's going to be any sort of satisfaction for longer than a few seconds. I I remember vividly, I had a goal. I wanted a hundred thousand dollars in our business savings account. Like in our business, I don't even know why I needed like it. It's, it's not even like a relevant goal, but I wanted $100,000 because I'd never seen $100,000 in a bank account cash. And when we hit it, I remember I got I was sitting in my office by myself. I got excited. I stood up and I walked around. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we did it. And, and it was gone. It was like three seconds of satisfaction for nothing that actually, it was like, well, now what do I do with that? Now I have to figure out how to reinvest that and turn to a bigger problem because I'd just been like, you know, uh, accumulating this cash for no purpose, uh, and it didn't do anything. So, you know, when people start looking at, it, it's like, "Oh, when I just hit this number, everything's going to feel just fine." No, it's not. You're going to feel the same. And if you don't have a reason that's driving you, you're going to feel super empty, and it's not going to be all that beneficial for you because you're going to just keep chasing the next zero in your bank account, which can accumulate as much as you possibly want, and you'll be a very wealthy, lonely person.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's what the wise for, right? So I've, I've, I'm accumulating this money. I'm building the business, like why is that important to you, right? Like, you know, and just, it's important to me because I want to be able to pay off my student debt, right? Well, why is that important to you? Well, I need to have more, you know, finances so I can get a a bigger house. Well, why is that important to you? Well, I want to get a bigger house because I lived in a whole, you know what I mean? I need you to go those five whys deep. And I think if if, uh, you just do that, that can be, as you said, that North star. So when you deal with imposter syndrome and you will, and If you aren't, you're probably doing it wrong because imposter syndrome comes because you're doing something out of your comfort zone, which you need to do in order to grow your business, right? So in some way, imposter syndrome is a good thing, right? But that is a North Star that's going to say, man, like this sucks. Nobody showed up to my workshop. Why in the hell would I do another workshop? Right. Well. I have this vision statement that's telling me that I want to build, you know, um, you know, financial freedom for me and my family. So we can go to the North shore whenever we want to, like, that is a powerful driver that makes it an absolute no brainer. Why you wouldn't do it again. Like, it's not even a question anymore. It's like, cool. I'm going to get up and do this again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's about the only thing I've, I've, I've found aside from just reps, because this uh, I think for a lot of people, they, they just get used to it after a while, you know, you just sort of get used to discomfort. Um, and there's a big difference. we talk about this a lot, right? There's a difference between um, fear and danger. And many people are fearful of things that are not dangerous, you know, and, and vast majority of people, there's fear like of public speaking, you know, of going out and doing a workshop and maybe you don't look as polished as you wish that you did, or whatever this perfectionism that, that many of us, it just leads to us never actually doing anything, you know? And there's like, well, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready. I I need a little more time to be ready. You know, we're like, what do you need time to be ready for? You know, I I remember when I first started teaching for, for um, you know, Kelly's group uh, we had a couple, I had a couple like uh, courses that I just went to where he was teaching and it was never the same freaking course, by the way, you're talking about a human being that could probably teach for like 20 days straight different material Without, it, without any sort of like script or uh, manual or anything, just go. <laughs> Watch three of these. We think you're going to be fine. Let's, let's just set one up. That's basically what it was. There's nothing else in play. Like we, we all went out to San Francisco, but really all we did was work out and eat like Kung Pao chicken for like three days. And we talked a little bit about what we we're supposed to talk about. But more than anything, there he was like, the, the first pancake is always shit. Let's throw you out there, see how it goes, and then we'll we'll um, iterate after that. That was it. It was terrifying. <laughs> like it was terrifying to think, like, oh man, I'm gonna have to go teach in front of 50 people. I don't know what's going on, and like, but but there's no danger there, right? Like there there's fear. I was fearful of of whatever you know the outcome might have been, but like uh, there wasn't any danger. So like understanding is this dangerous or is this fearful? Because if it's if it's if it's fear, you can deal with that danger, you have to decide if it's worth it, right? It's very different. Um, and very rarely is anything we're going to do in the business world actually going to be dangerous in this context, I guess. I don't know what other business people might be in or not, but in cash-based physical therapy, there's very little danger. You might just be fearful, but understand that there's a big difference between the two. And once you rationalize that, understand why you're doing it. And that's going to help keep you on the right track uh, more than anything. But I'd love to hear, like, go go over what you do in the evening. Because I don't do this, but it sounds like a really you know good framework of sort of how to end your day.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. So, I mean, Definitely, I'm a go 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 implementation type of person, and, and the thing that I found out is that can that can basically, you know, I'll just tell you why I do this. I, I basically journal in the evenings. Is is that can get me into trouble, right? So like, I'll go and like, cool, you want to go uh, create a startup? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just go find this partner and just implement this thing. Oh, cool, you want to go pivot and do this, you know, uh, totally different thing? Yeah, let's go do it, right? And so, um, I realized that I needed time to, uh, vent those thoughts, just put them down on paper, reflect back on what I was doing before. That way I could make these, uh, better decisions and be in a better place mentally. Right. Like, you know, um, even let's just, we'll use the context of, of imposter syndrome. Right. So I could kind of write down just for myself, like, you know, why I shouldn't have imposter syndrome? Why do I actually feel that way? The power of actually, for me, physically writing thing, those things down, it was kind of like, I'm going to show my nerdiness now. It's like in Harry Potter where he takes up the little things of his brain and drops them into the oh, well. The
0: memories. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whatever they were, right. That's how it's it that
0: called. Somebody type that in the comments because oh. I know somebody knows that's actually, there's a term. We've just recently read the Harry Potter books to our kids, which are amazing. And Somebody's going to know the name of that. There's a there's a specific name for the little whatever the hell they're called. Type it in the comments. Yeah. Bonus points.
1: You'll be you'll be my hero, right? So I you know, I literally just think I create space, I make better decisions when I go there, right? And so when I look back, you know, I have a kind of a focus on the journal. Some of it's purely unfiltered thoughts, which I find very very beneficial. The other piece is I really make a point to be grateful in the present moment. Right. So I will create these uh, statements, usually only two or three things that I'm grateful for either like today that happened or grateful for my life in general. Right. I I don't necessarily like stick to like um, a specific framework. It's just the three things. Oh, a pensive. That's exactly what it is. Wow. Who got that. Kyle did it first and then uh, Holly got it in second. I don't know about the spelling, but yeah. So that's so spot on. That's exactly what it is. All right. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, I just write a couple things that I'm grateful for, you know, family, grateful for opportunities, things like that. And then it's this kind of idea of, uh, reflection and looking back, which is super helpful for me. Right. It's just like, where did I come from? Where was I, you know, two or three years ago or even a week ago or a month ago. Right. And if I consistently doing those two things, I just realize that I make much better decisions. Right. And I'm just yeah. in a better place mentally. And we both know that probably arguably the hardest part of running a business is the, uh, the mindset. It is the mental state that you're in. And if you can foster that, um, i just understand that my, my relationships are deeper, you know, my business grows, um, I'm generally happier. Right. So, uh, we spend both of us a lot of time and energy to make sure that that shit's in check.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's uh you know if uh if you let it run rampant it's terrible for for your um your mental health, your your relationships with the people around you. And many of us I think the challenge is we are very future biased people. Like we're we're interested in the possibility of what could happen. And you know the, uh, the there's a saying that if if you live in the future you die in the present. And uh you you miss Every you know everything around you. I think there's a really good um, there's a really good Instagram TV IGTV video that Ryan Holiday did recently. It's a day in the life of, of Ryan Holiday, who's one of our favorite authors. He's he wrote, "Ego is the enemy." You know the 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 Daily Stoic. Um, probably I think he's written like eight different books. You know, stillness is a key. A lot of it talking about, I think he's found his niche with stoicism, like people find that interesting. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he's somebody I consider, you know, sort of like a modern philosopher and he talks about his day and how he has his day structured and why he sets it up the way that he does. And he does something very similar to what you're talking about, where at the end of the day, he reflects about how the day went, you know, is he proud about the day? Um, he, he talks about if this was his last day, would it be, would he be proud of it? Right, and that's just that's a that's a stoic principle of essentially, uh, you know, essentially keeping in mind that you might not wake up tomorrow. And so, with that in mind, you know, helping you be more present of what's going on, and 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 being able to make sure that you're not just like just wasting time, basically, right, and and taking taking it uh, for what it is, which is not guaranteed. So, I think that's a great video. Um, if if anybody's interested in kind of learning more about some of these practices and some of the things that we've um, uh, applied, I, I think that's a really good you know, video to see because I, I think that the challenge is this idea of, and this is like a completely different rabbit hole, right? But I think there's, some people are just very devout, you know, organized religion, religious or spiritual people. That, that is not me. Uh, I'm not at all. But I I'm I I feel like I'm a pretty spiritual person in terms of uh, connection to other things without having to go sit in a big room with a bunch of other people and listen to somebody tell me what I should and shouldn't do, and, and so I find that it can be challenging when you don't have that uh, unwavering belief of this you know whatever it is that you believe in, uh, and you're you're constantly questioning and trying to learn and grow and and. And that I feel like that can be really challenging. So focusing on your daily habits, focusing on uh, trying to just improve as a person and the habits that you have that lead to you feeling uh, good about what you do with the people you care about, I found a lot of comfort, you know, with with that in terms of uh, the unknown of what may or may not happen, right? So you know, I think if nothing else, as we look at imposter syndrome is just like lack of confidence in what you're doing the the bigger the, the bigger question that's the more challenging thing is how do you know what you value right and like what you should continue to move towards what you say yes or no to that's all we're talking about the deeper reason for why you're doing things it has to be more than you and some people like I said they find that via you know, religion. Some people find that through meaning and of what their work is and what they're working towards and the people they're helping. Uh, I think it just depends on the person. It doesn't really matter to me as long as you understand that there has to be something that is a bigger purpose than you. Otherwise, these small setbacks are going to just they're gonna stop you in your tracks. It's gonna get hard, you're gonna quit. you're gonna go back a, a life that is uh, less challenging, um, less risk that, you know, hopefully, you don't look back on one day and regret, uh, making that transition to, to go back to the, you know, the, the path that was easier. Um, but I think for a lot of people, they will, you know, and it's, um, I, I think it's incredibly sad for those people that they don't, they, they, they have regret. And I, I, hopefully that I don't have any, uh, you know, when I'm older, um, Because we're intentionally doing the things we want to do and making, and putting the the time in and the work in on the things that we know we need to, to become the person that we want to become. Right. So that gets rid of imposter syndrome, but that's a much deeper thing to focus on than what most people are like, well, what tactic do I do? You know, they're like, what book do I read? It's not that simple. You have to understand yourself more so than you probably do right now to really get a better grasp of how you should be, um, you know, controlling yourself and what you're leading yourself towards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, just to, to, to circle back to some of it, right? Like I really just want to reiterate, and I just love that we're talking about this is that imposter syndrome a is, is a completely normal thing. Right. And for me to take it even one step further, it is actually a good thing when context, right. It's not paralyzing action, right? Like I a hundred percent know that if you have imposter syndrome, you're doing something again out of your comfort zone, right? Like, hey, I wanna stay at my comfortable job. I wanna be an employee, but you have this constant drive that you wanna build your own practice, that you want more for that, right? And you could just stay, you know, and like not feel like an imposter. You probably have a lot of other negative emotions. We won't get into that, like regret you've talked about, right? And so you've got to, you know, shed, you know, you gotta get out of the cocoon and go take that next step. And you've got to be able to, to fight through that imposter syndrome, right? Which is almost always, and, you know, it, it's, of course, mental health, but it, it's it's the action. It's like taking the action of, of doing the thing, right? Kind of like I always, whenever I say that, I think of Shantae, right? It's like, just, you just got to sometimes- the just thing.
0: Gotta, Yeah, she says it all the time.
1: This whole time, it's got to do the thing, right? And like, that's how you can get rid of imposter syndrome. Like, I love, of course, that we're talking about the mental side and the why, but sometimes you just got to do the thing and you've got to get the reps because there is no other way forward. I can, I can talk about it, I can really put myself in the right spot. Um, and I know people that that literally gets stuck at that phase too. And that's not what I want either. I want you to prepare. I want you to think about this, but I want you to do the thing. I want you to create the action, you know, and I want you to keep doing it over and over again. You know, now we're getting to this idea of resiliency, right? willingness to fail, right? It's just like, you know, it it comes down to, I think it's just like that two pronged. It's one, it's like, you know, focus on that purpose, you know, and then create the action. And if you can do those two things, you will conquer this shit. Like it just will, it will, you will be conquered. There's just, it's just a matter of time, right? Going back to patience. You've just got to be able to do it over and over again. Like, you know, you're proud's around for seven years, mine for five, right? Like, and we've constantly evolved, just willing to keep, keep doing it again and, and again, and then finally get enjoyment out of it. Now it's like, all right, I'm ready to tackle this, this new challenge.
0: Yeah. And I think what you bring up too is just intentional work, right? Like, putting, putting the effort in to accomplish a goal. Um, and, and, uh, what we've talked about is sort of like being intentional about your habits in the morning and the end of the day. But I think that, you know, for the most part, people that are more intentional about how they use their time, they're very efficient. They seem less stressed. They seem like, you know, they they have a better grasp about where they're going because they at least know they're working on the right things. You know, we, we, we tell people this a lot with, especially a lot of the local marketing things that we're doing, you know, it's, this is your data. This is what you're tracking, but you know, you have to plant the seed before you can harvest it three months later or longer in some cases, it's not like you just, it just grows right as soon as you plant it. Like you're developing these relationships and you're working on the right thing. So what are you tracking? How many meetings are you having? How many follow-ups are you having, you know, workshops, local podcasts, whatever it is that they're using, you know, from channels to like build relationships, different networking meetings are going through things of that nature. I think this is a perfect example of like, you know, people, they start, they're like, oh, this is a lot of work. I don't think it's really helping you know, second month, they're like, I don't know. It seems like I haven't really seen much from this, whatever month three, you know, all of a sudden they start seeing a little bit. And after 90 days of doing the right things, all of a sudden they have uh, a, a ton of people that are coming their way from all of the effort that they've put in intentionally on the right things versus I think for a lot of people, they're busy. They do a lot of work. You know, they, they, they are definitely time poor, but they're working on, just like busy work, things that are things that make them feel like they're accomplishing things, but they're not actually making any progress, you know? And, and that's sadly the vast majority of people that, that we see that go into business for themselves. And they're just, I'm so, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, but nothing's happening. What, what the hell are you doing? You know? And so, cause they're tracking the wrong things. What we're telling you here is if you're struggling on the, the confidence side, track the right things, you know, work on the right habits, focus on what's important to you. Um, you know, and, and there's definitely, you know, things that I think that can be inspirational, that can help. One thing that I go back to, this is from you guys too, uh, you and Jared, I think Jim Rohn is probably one of the most, uh, like motivational people I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I, I don't really typically listen to stuff like that. I I don't need motivation most in most cases, but the, even my brother-in-law, you know, he was like, hey, I want to kind of dip my toe into some personal development stuff. Where do I start? And I, anybody listening to this, I re- recommend as well, if you're if you're like, all right, well, I want to do a little bit more personal development. Like the grandfather of personal development is Jim Rohn. Like just go to Audible, get the Jim Rohn um, Ultimate Library, I think is what it's called. It's just like uh, a, a couple, you know, I guess weekend seminars they chopped up. And, uh, I don't know if it's the way he talks or it's just like older verbiage, uh, from, you know, some of these are like in the fifties and sixties when he's talking, but like, man. So
1: practical, I, right. The stuff he yes. says is just like, oh, that makes complete sense. I've just right, never right. seen someone take something so complex and just make it seem like it's just so easy. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, you, if you read that, you're ready to kind of run through a wall after you, uh, you know, in a good way. <laughs> yeah. After listening to
0: that, yeah, it's it's it, it for for sure. And for me, a lot of times, actually, when like I go through my my vision statement, I go take my dog on a walk, and I listen to I listen to that. I probably listen to that audio book. I don't even know how many times. Like on reap. it's just I just listen to it a lot because little little sections of it, I might hear something and I take it just slightly differently. I think anything that is relevant, that is helpful, you can you know, read multiple times and hear it differently. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, not a pull back in religion, but like, I'm not a big organized religion guy, but like, I remember going to Catholic school and having to like, literally like memorize sections of the Bible. And I see why people study the Bible over and over again, because they can read it. There's, there's so much good information in there and, but you can read it and be in a different stage in your life and get something totally different from a passage in the way a parable is told or a story is told or something to that effect. So like some of these texts and some of these inf- these people that have, you know, uh, synthesized information that's helpful, don't, you know, you can definitely reread, relisten many times and you'll be in a different place to receive information. And all of a sudden something clicks when you may have heard it, you know, a year before and all of a sudden you, were, you weren't ready or you were in the right stage where it made sense. And then, and then you were. So, you know, that's something that's been really helpful, uh, you know, for me as well, that's a super easy resource to start um, start getting into um, if you're interested in more of the personal development side.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Jared made a big po- uh, a good point here. It's like it's timeless, right? So, like, yes, it was done in the '50s, but it's like it completely applies now. Although, obviously, the world is a completely different place than it was before, right? So, it's just yeah. like it makes complete sense almost in any context, which is kind of a cool thing, right? Like, there's just a certain amount of like, holy crap, how has somebody who was, you know, uh, born a long time ago and is talking about something that was a long time ago. And all of a sudden, all these things make complete sense to literally what I'm going through or the world is going through at the moment. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really, yeah. Cool.
0: And, you know, and Becky, uh, brings up, so yeah, he was, uh, Tony Robbins mentored with him. And even I have seen Tony Robbins like in person and to be honest with you, I'll take a Jim Rohn, uh, audiobook over Tony Robbins in person any day of the week. I mean, I think that the difference is what, what Tony talks about a lot is, is for people that can, for them to understand that they can make a change in their own state. Right. So he talks a lot about, you know, your energy levels, your awareness, like if you're starting to feel kind of like down in the dumps, like, yes, if you jump up and down and listen to some some loud music, like or jump on a trampoline. I always think about this with my kids. Probably the most uh, valuable thing I picked up from from seeing Tony Robbins was like, yeah, okay, if I'm having like a bad day, I could jump on the trampoline with my kids, and within like five minutes, it's, everything is cool, right? So. You know, it's super simple stuff like that. But like state changes and how you can start to to to, to work on that, uh, I think for for Jim Rohn, what he is valuable or what really he's really good at is, um, essentially, you know, really simplifying things like what Eve said, super simple, you know, b- basic stuff, uh, lots of good stories which I think are easy to to remember, you know. So you know, not not to not to plug him too much, but I think if you're struggling with this stuff, it's an easy place to start, and, um, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than then, uh, you know, therapy and working with somebody. Uh, it's like 15 bucks for an audiobook and just listen to it on repeat and take your dog on a walk. And that's just as good as, uh, maybe not as good. It's helpful for you to do on a daily basis for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, I mean, what I like about all that stuff, right, is is the big thing. And, and really what we're trying to advocate with all the stuff that we talk about is that like you just have more control, like everybody listening to this, you have more control and more choices than you think you do, right? And we just want to, give you the information that'll make you realize that. Like I have control over my state. I have control to be able to combat uh, imposter syndrome. I have control over my profession. I have control over my financial and time freedom, right? Like I have control and I have, I have choices. And I really think that's the big thing that I just want everybody to know, right? If you're ready to seek it, you're ready to go forward with it. Like those resources are there. Right. And we're just going to, continue need to simplify these things for you and give you as much information. If I have to wear you down over years and years of process, I'm ready to do that. So, you know, hop along for the ride.
0: Yeah. And the control, the, I think the control thing you bring up is also really relevant. Um, you know, I think for me, I would get frustrated that people wouldn't do things that I thought were just like, so obvious that they should do, you know, and I still get like this sometimes because, you know, sometimes I'll talk to people uh that we're doing like a strategy call with and you know then i'm like dude listen you're charging half what you should you have no sales process you have no repeatable marketing process your goal is you want to get to where you're making $10,000 a month it's been 6 months and you've seen five new patients like you need help it's pretty obvious you know they're like yeah yeah i totally do but they're scared to commit to themselves to themselves uh to to actually putting in some work because what if it doesn't work out, you know, and they, they have this, this mental, uh, anguish, uh, about, uh, uh, even more failure, right. If, if they, if they don't act, if they're not able to implement the things that we talk about or not able to work through some of these problems and things that we help them with. And, you know, for me, I get frustrated with them in some cases. And, and, uh, I, cause I, I, see what happens if they don't, uh, actually work on these things. And I see what happens when they do. Like we, I've literally, I talked to somebody that Three years ago, got a program um, of ours, and is still stuck at five thousand dollars a month in revenue. Three years, dude! You're, three years you've been working on something, and you're still at five grand a month in your business. Like, if we had worked with that person, they're probably at closer to five hundred thousand dollars a year in their business if they do the right things. Like, it's crazy that that they're. But it's it's because like we see it so often, and it's and I get frustrated. So for me, and and for anybody listening to this too, like you can't control what other people do. You know, you just obviously control your response to those things. And the idea of emotional control and what you actually have control over is more important to understand than what you don't. Because like somebody not showing up for your workshop, you don't have control over that. But what did you learn from that? You probably did a bad job of marketing it. You probably didn't do a very good job of explaining what people were going to learn. Maybe you're teaching the wrong thing at the wrong place. Uh, you know, maybe the, the gym owner isn't sure what you're doing, or the coach, or nobody is marketing you locally, or maybe you picked uh, just like a bad spot to do it. Uh, and now, now you learned. What did you learn from it? Because you can control what you do and how you you do another one. You can't control that nobody showed up, and that sucks. It's a bummer. It's a waste of time. It's deflating. But if you take that and you learn from it, the next one's going to be better. If you take it and you mope around it because of it, it's not helping anything. It's literally just making it worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I think
0: like Jared said, like Jared, he's always just like, just try, just try harder. Right. It's like, like nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. You know, it's it's like, are you trying hard enough? If you had to ask yourself, did you give it a hundred percent? Did you actually try as hard as you could? Did you put in the amount of work that you could and if the answer is yes, then nothing to be ashamed about. You know, if the answer is no, which most people, the answer is no, like you're not trying hard enough. You think that was, you are.
1: that was always my default, right? Like every time, uh, when things didn't go well and I still, uh, tell this to the most people that we work with is there's certain things I have control over. Right. And that first one, you hit it right in the head is my emotional response. Right. And you're allowed to feel bad. You, you can feel bad I give myself, I call it a little pity party last you know, five minutes, sometimes a little bit longer, but not much. And then I instantly kind of move on. Right. And the other thing you have control over is like what you can do next. Right. Like I still have control over all these things. Right. Like for me, it was that power of that to-do list. I still had so many other things in my to-do list. So I would just keep knocking things off my to-do list. That was my default. And if that's your default, you're going to make progress. You know what I mean? Like you're going to move forward. Right. So just remember that circling it back to it again, is just like, you've got control over it. Right. And like when things suck sometimes, you know, pick yourself back up. Yeah. Nobody cares. Work harder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the right message for certain people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, like I said, it's always great. Right. We're realizing the complexity of this stuff. Like we could go down that rabbit hole, go down a lot of rabbit holes, right? Like um, your thoughts or your feelings or feelings or your actions, right? Like you can go down that. Um, uh, big time. We won't, maybe we'll save that one for, for another day.
0: You want to, yeah, the whole, uh, the, the woo woo period, a, a pyramid where you're, uh, yeah, you're w- what's controlling what it's so true though, man. I mean, you know, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll summarize this, but think about this. Think about just how many random thoughts you have during the day, every single day, You're essentially have an internal monologue going on with yourself all day long, just like talking to yourself. Everybody is. And that can either be incredibly destructive or incredibly positive. And it depends. It's your, it's your fucking brain. It's your brain, right? Like you can train it to do many things that just like a muscle, just like habits that we develop. And it can be super hard. Anybody that's tried to meditate. I'm awful at this awful. Like as soon as I try to think about nothing, I start thinking about how bad I am at thinking about nothing. (laughs) And, uh, and like, the only thing that I have, literally the only thing I've found where I can actually get into a state where I'm completely just, uh, you know, in, in a, in a very, uh, deep sort of thought state like that is some of the, uh, you know, sort of more like Wim Hof style breathing work. I do, I try to do that every day, um, with breath holds, I, that, that's accelerated for me, but like on the meditation side, I really, I really, um, struggle and, but it's like being able to shut down some of that internal monologue and control it is really important because it can go the, the complete opposite direction. And we start looking at, I mean, just general mental health. I mean, dude, like the, the suicide rates in the military are crazy. Like I've had good friends commit suicide that are in the military because of some of the stuff that they're dealing with and nobody, like they weren't focusing on any of these things and they didn't know what else to do. Right. And it's sad. And it's, it's something that is a bigger problem, but like in the entrepreneurship world, it's huge. Like, did you see what happened with, um, the Zappos uh, founder, I think his name is Tony Hirsch. Dude, he died in a house fire locked in a storage closet in his house in, in uh, Park City. It's super sketchy. It's very weird. And in the last couple of years, he's basically like moved away from Zappos. He wrote a whole book. That, uh, Delivering Happiness is one of my favorite business books. He wrote this book about like their customer service and, and um, development of core values and all kinds of stuff. And over the last couple of years, he basically would just hire people pay them twice whatever their highest salary was to be around him and just be positive. That was the whole, the whole stipulation was just be positive, just be positive around me and, and, and come to work like at his house basically. And he started getting into a lot of substance abuse issues. And a lot of it was essentially just like dealing self-medicating depression. Um, And I'm sure there's a lot that's going to kind of come out about it. It's a very strange situation, but I know many of my friends that are entrepreneurs, especially as they go to exit a company, like what what he basically did, um, they become very depressed. They, they, you know, it's the Everest complex kind of deal. We see this with a lot of professional athletes and a lot of that is lack of direction, which brings it right back to what we're talking about. Like, what are you doing? Like, why is it important? And if you understand that it helps you keep balance, uh, and, and work towards the the right things. So, you know, in summary, what we found is to deal with imposter syndrome, you have to understand where you're going and why it's important to go there. Then, you know, the ups and downs don't matter quite as much. You, they're going to be there, but you level it out. You level out your response. For me, I really enjoy structuring my morning in a way where I control uh, my thoughts and and how that's how that goes. I, I, you know, I try to go through my my vision statement every single morning. I, I get some movement in. Um, I think about you know things that I'm grateful for. I try to get into some some exercise, like some structure exercise after that, uh, and and just set my day off in a, in, a, in a good way where I know like why I'm putting in the work that I'm putting in. For you, you know, it's reflecting in the in the evening. It's journaling. Uh, it's getting those things out into the pensive uh, of, uh, of of your book. Yep, and uh, and and it totally makes sense. So there's something very freeing about writing out things out, and uh, you know, so whatever you decided to do, maybe something different. make it part of your daily habits because your habits are what's going to drive thing uh, your your positive or negative changes over a long period of time right we all know there's bad habits right so if you're if you're chain smoking and binge drinking every night we know that's really bad but if you're stressing and and internally doing those things just as just as bad uh, things are going to happen mentally uh to you as you try to go through such a difficult thing to be resilient you know with and you know fortunately for us we see it on a daily basis people we work with it helps us reinforce it in ourself, uh, which is one of the best benefits of working with people. But um, if you don't manage it, it, it can really start to overwhelm you and, and really eat you up.
1: Yeah, we got it, man. I think uh, that was a, a, an incredible summation. You know, If anybody out there, right, if you feel like um, you might need some help with this stuff or you feel like you've got some imposter syndrome or you feel like you need uh, to reach out and a little bit of extra help, um, go ahead. And what do you think you should write in the comments today? It's like, I, that's like my, my, where I stop. I'm like, what should they write in there? Write pensive. We already <laughs> got people that wrote it in there. So I'm gonna reach out to them anyway, write pensive in the comments and we'll reach out to you, uh, you know, and, uh, let you jump. Yeah.
0: On, let you well, no, yeah, we may, you may even not, may not even be appropriate to, um, to, to even like work with us at this point, but that's, but even still we want to just be able to share relevant resources, our goal. And, and I think that, you know, just to end this, most people want nothing to do with talking to another human being because it's time consuming and expensive. So they want to send you down a, a intricate funnel, uh, you know, to, to start to develop rapport and relationship to hopefully, you know, do business with you one day. Well, we've decided to take the complete opposite of that. So we're going to have real human beings available to be able to point you in the right direction. Maybe that's talking to, you know, one of our coaches that can really dig into your business. Maybe it's, you know, a different resource. Maybe it's something as simple as, Hey, you should go listen to this audiobook or, you know, like check out this resource we put together. I think it's a good place for you to start. Um, and, and that's our goal. Like we want to really be able to have help people that we can help and help point people in the right direction that are not appropriate for it at this point. Right. And, and we feel like, uh, it's the right thing to do. We think it's, it's something that long-term is going to uh, be really beneficial for, for you as well as for us. Um, so yeah, we're kind of taking the complete opposite approach of, of most people which is why Eve and I uh, are also spending, you know, time structured time every week within this group, because we feel like we have an opportunity to really educate, share some of the lessons that we've learned, um, you know, and, uh, and hopefully help help you out as you go through this, because it is a challenging thing. Uh, it's a difficult journey. And there's, there's so much information out there it can be confusing, you know, so if we can help synthesize some of that for you with experiences that we've gone through or people that we work with, that's what we want to do. So like Eve said, I don't know how to spell pensive, but s- but if you put the word pensive in the comments, we'll have one of our team members reach out to you and see if there's a, a place where we can start, um, you know, helping you out with a, with a resource or point in the right direction or, 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 chat with them and just get some general advice and see what's going on now. Good.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, I, I, man, did I, I enjoyed that one. Those are rabbit holes that I could go down all day long. So important.
0: It's so true. Yeah. We got to cut it an hour. We just went over a little bit, but that's all good. Um, guys, Hey, thank you so much for, for, for watching, for, for tuning in, um, for, for leaving some comments, for telling us the word for, for Harry Potter's memories, pensive. We remember that one and, uh, and engaging. We really appreciate it. You know, these are fun to do live and be able to, you know, to, to have some comments and, and, uh, some, some things that we can go back and forth on. So Eve, thanks for your time today. And guys, as always, thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next week. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.